You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Illini Enquirer publisher here. Happy to be with you yet again today, recording this one on June 11th, Thursday. And after taking a pretty serious tone in uh, yesterday's podcast, which uh, I'm proud of what we did there with Rayvon Bonner, Serenity Stewart. Can't uh, thank them enough for sharing their story uh, about what's going on in the world, especially for black citizens, black student athletes, uh, and what they're doing through the group in power to, to get change. I, I really enjoyed that conversation, learned a lot from that conversation, and hopefully some of you listen to that one as well. I know maybe you didn't, and you're tuning in for this one to talk about a lot of basketball recruiting. Uh, I hope you go listen to that one. I thought it was a great conversation. It's a little longer but uh, I promise you is worth your while to hear from them. But today on the Illini Enquirer podcast, the number one topic on most Illini fans' minds, basketball recruiting. And after a good to great class in the class of 2020 for Illinois basketball, they're looking to keep up that momentum. Who can they add to help Andre Curbelo, to help Adam Miller, and to lead that future of the program uh, to the top of the Big Ten and to stay there, maybe Big Ten titles, maybe deep runs in the NCAA tournament. I break down the class of 2021. More importantly, I asked Derek Piper to break down the class of 2021, what it means, who the top targets are, how they stand with those top targets. Your fix for Illini basketball recruiting in the class of 2021 coming up next with Derek Piper. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, let's get back into it on the Illini Enquirer podcast and talk about the Illini class of 2021. And before we get into that, Derek Piper is joining us. Derek, how are you, bud? Good to see you. Doing all right. Doing what everybody else in the country is doing, hopping on Zoom and not watching baseball. So uh, we're getting through it. How are you doing? 
Uh, doing well. Uh, doing well. I could use some baseball right now, maybe some NBA, but uh, we continue to wait on that. But uh, the good news is recruiting never stops, and it feels like we've had a lot of news and, and bites about recruiting, including a lot of basketball recruiting throughout this. Uh, but we also got just a finish on the class of 2020 with you know, Adam Miller signing, and obviously they've gone through the transfer portal but before we get to talking about the class of 2021 prospects and breaking down the top targets and maybe some other guys to watch, it feels like, Derek, they've kind of positioned themselves in this class really well because it feels like for once they're kind of ahead of the curve, getting an early commitment from Luke Goody. It feels like the class of 2020 um, maybe established themselves as, as a top tier, uh, maybe top half Big Ten team with getting two future stars. Just entering the class of 2021, how do you feel like Underwood and his staff have positioned themselves? I think they've done a great job. I think it's what they expected and planned on going into last season where you had to address some big needs, particularly in the backcourt in 2020. And Adam Miller and Andre Curbelo being two top 50 guys that they had committed and signed with Curbelo, committed with Miller in November, and they felt good about it. Obviously, had to finish some things up to get him to sign in the spring. But to, to really address that, uh, you get Coleman Hawkins as well, which is a four who you're hoping to develop and someone that can project pretty well um, in a couple of years. But to, to address those needs and not find yourself so focused on that class into February, March, even beyond in some of these other classes, uh, they were able to move on into 2021, prioritize those guys, identify who they want to get out and see and, and everything and offer. And then on the court, you show the results. You have to be able to win and um, have guys that are in the national conversation, like an Io, like a Kofi, guys that players know are going to be in the NBA or have a chance to be in the NBA here pretty soon. So uh, being able to take that step, invest the time. And now, not that anyone projected to not have AAU or or to have this time where you can't get out and see players and in-home visits and everything, but Illinois, in my opinion, we'll see the results here soon, are benefiting from the fact that they've laid so much groundwork and getting guys in State Farm Center to see a lot of those big games. And you mentioned Goody. He was there for the Purdue game, the Indiana game. They could really put their attention on him press the gas and get a get an early commitment. And maybe they're a little fortunate, Derek, but I think back to that Indiana game. That's one where they had David Jones, Jordan Nesbitt, Isaiah Barnes. Right then yep. the next weekend they get uh, ETN for that Iowa game. That might have been a little fortunate in hindsight, but also that's that shows you how far ahead they were working at. Those are some of their top targets sitting there on the board. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there have been times in the past where you got to coordinate schedules and, and see – if you can get guys there based on their high school playing and whatnot, but really to to set two home games up that were sold out uh, that were really important games for Illinois. The atmosphere was very good. They win exciting games. They win at the very, very end against Indiana, at the very end of both really. And then Mac Etienne, it's not bad for him to, to watch Kofi and Luca Garza battle it out for 40 minutes. So uh, yeah, both who you got there. And then also, uh, just the games and the environments and everything really showcase the program uh, in a way that they haven't been able to in their tenure so far. Like we've talked about for a long time, Derek, it felt like the class of 2020 was kind of this, hey, is Illinois going to be a major player? And they answered that with Curbelo, Adam Miller, one of the best classes in the Big Ten, maybe one of the best duos of guards in the country in the, in the class of 2020. 
So that felt like, okay, Illinois is for real. What does this class of 2021 mean? Is it just continuing to build on that? Is it adding the pieces around those guards? What is the class of 2021 as we look ahead to it? I think you start and you have the 2020 guards and it's really surrounding them with enough pieces for the future. And once again, addressing needs. Now you're, you're really focusing on the wing and also, of course, down low and who's going to be Kofi's replacement. Everybody knows, and, and we'll, we'll find out about Kofi coming back. Uh, that's the expectation, but no one really is thinking Kofi beyond one more season uh, playing as an upperclassman in Illinois. So who are you going to bring in right now? All you have is in terms of a five-man. I mean, you have Georgie, of course, and, and even then he'll, he'll be a senior by the time 2021 kids show up and Jermaine Hamlin. So you really got to get an impact five. Some They're still trying to address and piece together a, a very good four-man. Uh, and then on the wing, they, they've really – looked at that as, as somewhere where Alan Griffin no longer here. Obviously that was a very good evaluate evaluation and just didn't work out for that. That happens. Uh, Tevian Jones didn't progress the way that they, they hoped. And you have two sit out transfers that are, they're only short term fixes and, and we'll see if they are uh, in that. So it's building around Curbelo, building around Miller and really piecing together a whole unit for the future. Of course, when you recruit pros and you're thinking Adam Miller's one of those, maybe he's only here for two years, but then to kind of surround it. And you're going to be a young team here coming up soon, but uh, that's kind of the next step with 21. And look, it's trying to answer the call each and every class where now three classes in a row, they've gotten a top 50 guy in IO to Kofi to Adam and Cabello. And you're trying to do that again at a position of need down low on the wing. I think, Derek, we both agree that big man is probably the number one need, right? Um, Georgie Bashanishvili will be there for another year, but he's just not quite the presence um, around the rim that a Kofi Coburn is. And I think we both expect Kofi Coburn back for one more year, but probably just one more year. So given that, is, is a post player, do you have one post player that's like the most important target? Or if I asked you who's the most important target in your class, are you going with one of those wings who can kind of continue uh, Brad Underwood's culture and really uh, play alongside those guards really well? Yeah, I will say that my answer is a post. It's not to say that a wing addition. Uh, I'm really high on Jordan Nesbitt. I think that the circumstances of clearly being close to your program in St. Louis, Missouri hasn't offered. He didn't have the opportunity, which is unfortunate for him, that he didn't play Brad Beal elite this AAU season on the EYBL and, and probably blow up and get a lot of the offers that he would have got if he just played the same way he did in high school. So uh, Illinois got him on campus. They prioritized him. I think he could mean a lot for this program, but I'm going Mac Etienne. Mac Etienne is, it makes a lot of sense for a number of reasons. The, the relationship they've been able to establish with him, they offered him and saw him in December uh, out in Brooklyn or the Bronx or one of those two, Antigua, and Underwood, and, and ever since then, they've just invested a lot of time there. One of two programs to get him on campus for an early official, Marquette being the other one. He's been on a lot of unofficials out east. Syracuse is a player there. Kansas offered this spring, haven't got him on campus yet, but he's a he's a great fit. A little, he's different than Kofi. He's really really mobile. He can extend out to the perimeter, handle the ball. He's very very skilled. He, he's got some. And you look at him, you see Joe Kim Noah, but he's also got a jump shot, which is encouraging. And um, he knows, has a relationship with Andre Curbelo. Uh, when you talk to Mac, he says one of the first things he's looking for is a, a very high-level point guard to pair with and play with. He's familiar with Curbelo, and obviously 
everyone here expects Curbella to be that. So all those boxes checked, I'm going Mac Etienne. Yeah, I agree with you because even though I feel like, hey, Nesbitt, could he be the best player on the program at some point or, you know, one of these other wings could be um, ETN just the fit they need. And, and we know in the Big Ten we saw what Kofi can do. When you have that big man, you can do it. But I agree with you. He's different than Kofi, right? I mean, Kofi is kind of an anomaly in college basketball and basketball in general. But, yeah, I mean, he looks like Joe Kim Noah a little bit, got the haircut. He plays like him a little bit. Um, but the, the one thing I keep saying about him is rim. Like, he just makes an impact at the rim, whether it's rim running, rim protection, finishing at the rim. And you talk about hedging ball screens, Derek. You talk about Brad Underwood playing aggressive defense if he wants to get back to that a little bit. Or if they want to pack it in, he can play that as well. But offensively, the the pick and roll, and if he can do a pick and pop, um, man, that fits exactly what Underwood wants in a lot of ways. Yeah, it makes you really dangerous. And, And he can switch ball screens. He's very mobile. Um, plays with an incredible motor, and you look at what he averages past year, it's only 18 points, 12 to 14 rebounds, and, and four blocks. So it's a guy that uh, has the length, the athleticism, uh, as you mentioned, to, to make an impact around the paint, around the rim, at both ends of the floor, and someone that I think can have a lot of success in transition, someone that can get out and, and run with the guards and, and to be able to finish and everything. So, yeah, Underwood puts a high value on on space and pace, and clearly you, you change some things for Kofi, and, and Kofi's been great for this offense, for uh, post-defense as well. Um, Mac would be different, but he, I mean, both in their own right, great players, and, and would definitely answer that. Play a little bit differently with Mac, but uh, I think with Curbelo, with Miller, and, and some of those other pieces, he would really fit in nicely. Let's stick with the bigs here, Derek. And uh, I, I don't know if this is the most second most likely guy to get at this position or in the class, but who would be number two, do you think, kind of on the big man depth chart here of who Illinois can get and who would best fit? I think at center, it's probably Frank Kepning. And he's also a guy who plays out on the East Coast. And PSA, Cardinals, is, is the AAU program on the EYBL circuit. And um, ETN and Kepnang are actually they're on the same team. They, they play a lot together. AAU wise, very close. Uh, I don't think they end up at the same spot. They're both two of the top ten centers in this class. And uh, Kepnang is a rim runner, very very athletic, uh, very physically mature in terms of his strength and uh, his ability to, to finish above the rim to rebound. Um, he, he's he's stronger than Mac. Not as skilled. Not a, not as good of a shooter. Uh, but he brings more of a rebounding presence. Both can protect the rim. I look at him at the five. If you're just talking front court in general, uh, people are going to get mad if I don't mention Michael Foster by now. And that's, of course, uh, a dream type of get. He's a top 10 player in the class. But uh, Mac Irvin Fire kid from Milwaukee, Illinois, has had him on campus, had him on campus last summer. I think in terms of if, if you're talking about their priorities or how much time they're investing, Michael Foster's up there with ETN, or uh, if if not one if not one B, I mean uh, number two after that. I mean, if they land guys like that, you know, Mike Foster and an ETN, that that's a program changing class on top of a program changing class, right? So I don't know how likely that is, Derek. But if if they get to that point where, say, they get an ETN on board and then Foster gets on board, um, that's when we start talking about Big Ten titles. That that's when you start talking about you know, this is long-term a program that can contend with Michigan State, Maryland, talent-wise, right, consistently at the top of the Big Ten. 
Yeah, you become a major problem. You become a major problem in the Big Ten and also nationally is, is something Then the expectations raised for uh, what you could do, obviously, deep into the tournament, preseason rankings around top 15, top 10. If you have those guys in your, on your roster, and that's something that Illinois clearly had back in the early 2000s. And as I mentioned before, when you're getting three top 50 gets in a row, uh, that was something that Illinois hadn't done since Bill Self. So if you followed that up again and got a top 10, Mike Foster would be the best player you've gotten since D Brown as far as rankings. And, and clearly you've you've had – we've talked about Adam Miller being that. Uh, Io was obviously highly ranked, Kofi. Uh, but when that is now the conversation or the expectation, I'm not saying that you're expected to get a Mike Foster, but when you're in the conversation for that guy and if you were able to answer that and with ETN, I mean – that's the dream case scenario, but the staff has at least made us and made fans think it's possible just based on the success they've had. And they haven't had winning to sell up until now. Yeah. I don't want to get the fans too excited that, Hey, you're going to land him, but it's just like, Hey, you're in that conversation now. That's a positive because the program, well, they've been in the running for some guys. I mean, I don't know if they were this far with Jabari Parker or, you know, Derek Rose really, right? I know some of those guys visited at times, but it feels like Illinois is a little bit more entrenched with Foster, at least in his list. Tell me about this kid that you seem excited about, Derek. Alex Chiku? Is, is yeah. that how you pronounce it? And what, I mean, seems like Mike Foster, kind of that four-versatile inside-outside game. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's interesting that both guys are in the Phoenix area, not from there. Foster from Milwaukee, Chiku originally from France, mm-hmm. and, and both playing at programs uh, in that area. So Chen Coleman, the lead guy on both of those and spent a lot of time. Uh, in that area, of course, when you were able to get out and visit guys, but uh, saw both during the high school season. Chiku, 6'11", thin is kind of like, and I don't want to, I'm hesitant to use this, but the the playing style, like a Kevin Durant type, and that's kind of how he molds his game around, but he's a he's a modern game face-up four who has some wing skills, put the ball on the floor, uh, very feathery touch with his jumper, uh, and he's someone that's, that's quite untapped potential-wise. Uh, I've talked uh, some with his trainer, same trainer that uh, Antoine January had. So that's someone with a pre-established relationship at Illinois in terms of recruiting him. Um, Chico's only been playing basketball about three or four years. So there's a lot of a lot of potential for him to grow. He's figuring out on a high level. He's already a top 50 prospect. But, um, again, stretching the floor, Illinois addressing the four spot, uh, he would be someone, again, dr- that would be a dream. Uh, and, and I'll have a story here by the time this comes out on Illini Inquirer that uh, some of the conversation around Illinois' impressions or just what they've done in that recruitment uh, may be more encouraging than you would have thought. Derek Shea, consider Brandon Weston a 2021 prospect. <laughs> uh, for now, yeah. For now. It yeah. sounds like they're still uh, still talking about 2020 because Brandon hasn't announced his prep school or his intentions yet as far as he said he wants to go to prep school, just not sure where. Uh, Illinois, after missing on Shondi Brown, after missing on Justin Smith, can go back to him and say, are you sure about that? What are you still thinking? Uh, of course, they'd be happy to add him in any, any class. Yeah, so Brandon Weston, I, they've obviously set a great foundation with, uh, has gotten some more recruiting interest. I know Wake Forest has been a program that's in there, though they lost his teammate after the coaching change, and they've had all their, their change there. Um, but I know Brandon Weston, where do you think they stand with him right now if he stays in the class of 2021 and, and kind of where he fits on kind of their wing board? I think they've done a great job with him. Clearly, as we mentioned before, 
he has a relationship number one with Adam Miller, and they're they're really tied and, and played together. Uh, and they came to that Indiana game together to to obviously in Champaign and, and watch that. And um, Illinois just invests a lot of time, had him on campus a handful of times. Uh, it would be interesting if he waits a little bit longer because I think he's and he's in that same conversation as Nesbitt, as David Jones. Uh, Weston is a little bit different in skill set four, which maybe is uh, more athletic, more offensively capable of DeMonte Williams. Um, so we'll see how he kind of – we'll see what happens there. But uh, I think he always done a, a very good job with him. Michigan's one to watch. Michigan's now going to be someone that we bring up a lot in terms of Chicago and – uh, guys in the same kind of recruiting hotbed. So uh, they recently offered him. They want to get him on campus. Uh, I think they're they're one to watch. But it's hard not to say Illinois wouldn't be, if not the team to beat, one of those just based on the work they've done. I mean, you mentioned the wing, and one of the great things about what Illinois has done is they've spread a wide net. It feels like they're in the top of the list for multiple guys at, at these positions. And David Jones, kind of a guy that we haven't paid attention to as much, or I, I don't know if we focused on as much, um, you know, with Nesbitt um, being so local, with Weston being so local. But David Jones out of West Virginia, what do you see out of him? What is Illinois like out of him, Derek? And it seems like, you know, th- that could be a guy that, Maybe he's the next one in this class. Yeah, they, they've put a good amount of work in with him. He's known Andres Feliz for a long time. They're from the same area in the Dominican Republic. Uh, Orlando Antigua has, has had a relationship going for at least two years now uh, with David Jones. And uh, they were expecting – a lot of people were expecting him, who he led Boo Williams, which is a very well-known AAU program on the UIBL. He led them in scoring in the 16U and was going to obviously have the chance to step up 17U uh, this past spring and, and be able to show out and maybe get a lot more offers, maybe take that jump not only into the top 100, maybe the top 50. That, that he has that kind of potential. Uh, good thing is he's been on campus twice here in the last year. He was here in Champaign in July for the NCAA Academy, uh, that, and he, he showed out pretty well. He's, he's a big-bodied wing. Six foot six, a very, very good score. And then he came back for the Indiana game and took a visit. Uh, it sounds like Illinois is in that top group, along with Oregon and, and Louisville, which obviously are two programs that recruit really, really well. And I know Illinois fans don't love hearing Oregon involved with any of their guys because it, sometimes it doesn't end well. But um, Illinois has done a good job, good relationship. And as you mentioned, maybe a guy that if he decides to – to decide before a Nesbitt or a Weston could be um, that guy that they pair with a Luke Goody. Are you saying it's, it's first available? I love, I love the hypotheticals people throw at us every once in a while. If all these guys want to commit at the same time, who do they right. take? That, that doesn't happen that often. No, you don't usually cross that bridge and have to worry about that. But, yeah, it's, it seems, seems like they're all in the same tier as far as priority and preference. Some guys um, bring different skills to the table, but – uh, they're all in that same conversation, and it will be if if one jumps on the board, all of a sudden that's two wings in the class. Would, the, would that affect how the other guys see that, or or just how the staff is balancing their class? That would be would be something to watch. How would you kind of separate those guys, Derek, when it comes to Nesbitt, Weston, and Jones? Um, who's who's got the the best trade here, here, and here? That's a good question. I I like 
Nesbitt's ability to put the ball on the floor and, and just create. I think that that's where he excels. Um, I mean, he's he's really long at six five six six, but he he has exceptional handles and he can just go get a bucket. Uh, David Jones can can do that as well. Um, Jones might is probably a better three point shooter, the best of the group. Um, but in terms of just creating for his own shot and um, that that's something that Nesbitt uh, excels at. Weston is more the the guy that's uh, in the paint and able to um, whether it's clean up on the offensive glass or uh, finish above the rim. He's probably the best athlete of the three. Uh, so they, they bring different things. Uh, again, I think Weston is, can play a small ball four. He's also obviously capable of playing the wing. Um, but those other guys have, have done it more in the high school scene, um, extending out from three and, and those type of those type of things. So uh, in terms of a fit, my prep, if I were to pick, I, I think Nesbitt with Goody, yeah. is the thing that makes me the most excited. Uh, of course, all three of them are, are in that top 100 range and, and would be great fits. Derek, I, I don't know if it's the name, but the game is also similar. So which St. Louis Jordan did you like more, Goodwin or Nesbitt coming up? <laughs> oh, you're going to do that to me, huh? <laughs> I don't know. That's that's a good one. A good one. <laughs> a good one. Um, I don't know. I, Similar, Both of them, right? similar, yeah, and they're they're really really tough right. and great competitors and uh, those type of things you talk about intangible wise that you're bringing to the court. Um, Nesbitt's a better pure scorer. Goodwin could really handle the ball for being someone that again you can play at different guard spots. You play at a, at a small ball four, and yeah, Goodwin was a tough tough loss for John Gross and company. I was high on on Jordan Goodwin big time. Um, I don't know. I might might get go a little nostalgic and say good one, but it's it's close. Worked out for Slew. I know I, he's he's been pretty dang good, and uh, they got him for what another year. Or so, um, all right. So those are the top targets. I think we covered who probably the top targets there, Derek. They're, they're kind of swinging for the fences because why not? I mean, they're at that point in their program they can. Maybe we should have focused a little bit more on Luke Goody, but establishing and getting a guy early to fit a role means that maybe you can swing for the fences with some some guards or, or wings or whatever it is. So Kendall Brown, Langston Love, Jalen Hardy uh, seem like guys that, hey, see what you can do with. Um, and uh, what, what do you think of Illinois going after those guys? It's, it's aggressive, and I, I don't necessarily blame them. Uh, it's something that they've they've been aggressive in the past, and and their strategy really has been to uh, press the gas and, and get aggressive, take some some big swings in the fall. If you miss out on that, then to to refocus, recalibrate there uh, in the spring, and, and the staff has proven to where not putting all the eggs in one basket, as we like to say, and being able to have some answers when they when they're not able to get maybe who they originally targeted. But Jaden Hardy is interesting because of the prior connections. Uh, Amari Hardy was committed to Oklahoma State when Browner was there. Um, the family's from Detroit. Now they're out in Las Vegas. And um, to be in the conversation with Jaden Hardy, again, like Mike Foster, a top 10 player in the class, um, one of the top guards, maybe the top combo guard in the class. It'd be interesting to see how they would they would sell that with Andre Curbelo and Adam Miller. Uh, but, again, the relationship, they had a, a Zoom visit with him recently. And they're they're in the mix. They're in his top twelve. We'll see if that progresses. Langston Love, top twenty-five, plays at Mount Bird, uh, really 
obviously in that conversation, he's, he's, he's a really darn good player. Uh, I'm not sure the traction that Illinois has there. They've had a virtual visit. We'll have to kind of see how that progresses. Kendall Brown, um, of the three, is Illinois probably feels the best about their position with him. Probably a guy that they're feeling they can get on campus for an official visit as he kind of goes through that process whenever he gets there. Um, Kansas is in the mix. He goes to Sunrise Christian. Uh, that's something to watch for. Obviously, he's from Minnesota. Uh, in terms of wing priority, like wish list, Kendall Brown's the highest. I mean, he's six foot eight. He's an insane, insanely good athlete, someone that can put the ball on the floor and do a lot of different things. So, um, yeah, it, it's shoot your shot, and, and I, I don't blame him. Yeah. Same thing with Charles Bediaco, I'd imagine. One guy we haven't mentioned who was one of those visitors towards the end of the year, Isaiah Barnes. And, and right after he visited, Derek, despite no AAU season, uh, I think you and I were both a little surprised. Isaiah Barnes just blew up with offers. Um, had a really impressive highlight video for his high school season. Um, I, I don't know where he's on Illinois' list, but would you think of his rise in recruiting and, and where Illinois is kind of in the mix there? That was interesting when, when no games were being played and I think got about 10 to 15 offers in a span of a month. And uh, in terms of seeing highlights at Barnes, we, we've known Barnes has high upside. He's a guy that's very athletic. He's got size, uh, ability to shoot. He, he's just had some tendencies to be inconsistent. And, and that's something that has affected, I think, the way Illinois has been involved there the entire time. They got him on campus last summer. Uh, he's his cousin's Brian Cook. So you have ties there to Illinois. Illinois might have been, if I'm not mistaken, his first high major offer. So, um, and then got him on campus, as you mentioned, during the season. So they've been involved. The reason he's not in the, the Nesbitt, David Jones, Weston conversation is consistency. Uh, and I, I think that, yeah, it, he's in that, that next tier. So if, if they were to, to miss on some of those guys, clearly you, you press the gas and turn up the heat uh, with an Isaiah Barnes. It'll be interesting to see how, how those other programs who haven't gotten a chance to see him since offering, how they prioritize him and everything. So uh, it's an interesting one. Uh, again, it's if you're going on upside, I understand what they're looking at, but um, there is some inconsistencies that those in the state have been able to recognize with him. So, Derek, after I read through your great new mailbag uh, that people were clamoring for, um, I, I read through it, saw what you projected as a class – maybe, uh, I mean, very hopeful in, in this class of what you think it can be. Your expectation is pretty high for, for what Illinois can accomplish. So if I said the over-under of Illinois, 10 and a half in the national rankings, would you go over or under that? Uh, yeah, it's in the 15 range for sure. 10 and a half, let's see. I don't want to give away too many spoilers here. I'm <laughs> trying to think out loud. It, it would have that potential and just to say I think that obviously you have Goody I think they get one of those top wing targets that they have I feel pretty good about one of their top big guys that they prioritize um, there's one more that I've used the the disclaimer one more I think that I don't know I don't have the answer there clearly this is just a projection and things change and we'll see but if that one more is a, a Mike Foster or an Alex Chiku um, one of those type of best available type gets, if they were to get someone in that top 25, 30 range, and yeah, it's, it's probably a top 10 class and we'll see. Well, that, that's, that's kind of where I was getting to is like the expectation now is like, 
it should probably be a solid class or solid effort here should be top 25. And, and then if you get, hey, three of your top targets that we're talking about, plus one more of these elite dudes, um, then we're talking about in a program that can, that can really take off. And uh, I, I think that's a positive sign that the expectations have risen for recruiting. And it's, it's a heck of a statement about uh, the staff Brad Underwood has put together and, and just some of the moves he's made too, of, you know, having success last year, Io coming into an NBA draft prospect that could get drafted and Kofi uh, doing what he did last year. Yeah. And to this past class, 2020, second best in the big 10 and was top 20 nationally. Now, as you mentioned the winning and as you talk to recruits, as you talk to those around them, they paid attention. They, they knew what Illinois basketball was doing last year. Uh, as I have talked about getting some of these top targets on campus, I think that no AAU, which unfortunate for those players, unfortunate for me, because I, I miss it like crazy. Uh, it, it might benefit Illinois. It, it might reward them for the early work they've done. And if so, uh, again, the way they, they're aiming high, they've proven they can land some of these top level targets as they, they've done in the past. Um, that has me optimistic about their their chances of having a big time class, and it's going to be a bigger class than last year. Last year was three; they could take upwards four to five in this class. So um, that's where the potential is, and um, got to close, got to close, as we like to say. No, Justin Smith, Derek. Um, it's not too big of a surprise that they've been able to find this four, because to me, it's like threading a needle, um, where you're trying to find this you know, versatile athletic who can defend and shoot. And it's like, there's not many of those guys available in transferring uh, to every big program in the country wants them. And if they're not a perfect fit and they want to play more of the three, like Justin Smith or whatever, um, they probably want to go someplace where there's less established scores on the roster. So uh, not a surprise they've struggled to kind of find that perfect fit. And they haven't felt the need to just add anybody because they feel like they have other options there. Yeah, for sure. And I think that those who are looking at Illinois, um, whether it be a Shondi Brown or Justin Smith, and look, you, you losing out to Michigan, I don't think you're happy about it. But I guess you know we've talked about Michigan still has that that cool factor. They're still have some uh, carry a big stick in recruiting for sure. Uh, but yeah, you have Georgie there, and I think that recruits would would wonder: Are you going to play Georgie at the four? Uh, is he going to take up a, a big chunk of minutes there? Demonte Williams is returning. It's the guy that played small ball for. Uh, and then you also touched on the feedback a lot of, you know, like a Justin Smith would get, well, you might need to play the wing and you might need to be able to shoot the ball more and uh, get, get more shots, get more opportunities to handle the ball in the perimeter. Uh, and then you kind of have the balance of, are those guys going to then go to a program that maybe doesn't have the pieces to win like in Illinois uh, to, to get those chances? Uh, do they have to be something they're not? Uh, but yet, it, the perfect four, unfortunate as it is, and I, I'm not. We talk about it. DJ Liddell, he plays in Columbus, and, and you haven't, you weren't able to get him, and uh, there aren't a lot of guys like that, especially that come through your state. Uh, so they're still figuring that out. But uh, yeah, it, it's the one hole on the roster, but they do have some options now, um, as we discussed here in the in the roundtable this week on the on the site. Uh, to plug in there and hope that one works out. Yeah, listen, uh, Brad Underwood and his staff have recruited well. 
EJ Liddell is the one that hurts, right? That you know, you miss some, and uh, that that one hurts because boy, he's going to be really good. Uh, and I think uh, Holtman's going to have a pretty good program as long as uh, EJ Liddell is there. Uh, Derek, July is coming up, and uh, I'm sure your schedule is a little more empty than it used to be. What are you doing to fill the the fix? Are you just going to buy some peaches instead of going to Peach Jam, or actually buy some Peach Jam, maybe? That might do it. No, I, I don't know. I, I just it's tough. TBT? TBT? Yeah. I'm in on it. I'm in. Uh, shout out to Michael Tulip. I think he's done a pretty good job. Unfortunate not to get Brandon Paul, uh, Revante Rice getting an opportunity to go back to Israel and play professionally with their season then now extended. I was really ex- excited to see Ray. Ray's my guy. Um, I thought he could have been a, a really good piece. Uh, you got to be excited to see Andres Feliz play, play ball again. Nana. Come on, man. Yeah, true. Yeah, guys. Please, my, my guys. No, I think it's going to be fun. I'm serious, Derek. You should have a big preview. Like, we, we should blow it out of the water. What else is going on in early July? Um, so, yeah, recaps, takeaways, yep. columns. Let's, let's get all into it in CBT. But, yeah, McCamey and Paul, man, can you imagine those two on this team? What are they doing? They want the money, probably. <laughs> Make some money. Yeah, McCamey. McCamey has an argument where he said, you know, I was part of that million-dollar payout last year and we're running it back. So, I, I get that. Um, Brandon Paul going to play with Ethan Happ and some EuroLeague guys. Uh, that, that was a tough one to swallow for, for the Illini TBT team as far as I know. But, yeah, we'll have to maybe zoom in to some post-game stuff and, and hopefully they make a little run and maybe a live thread, a live thread, a game thread. Have you been behind the scenes of the transactions here? <laughs> Are you like the woge of Illini TBT uh, transactions? I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, I haven't been moving and shaking and dealing. I, I have been uh, tapped into some of the – gotten some hints and stuff, yeah. Can, can you tell everybody about like some of the other additions they've gotten that aren't Illini? I know you're in on them. Yeah, Mike Dom is one. They they added three this past week. Mike Dom is one that college basketball fans probably recognize. Remember, he's seventh all-time leading scorer. Did some really big things at South Dakota State. Six foot nine. He, he's shed some weight since playing in college, so he's even more of a stretch the floor and handle the ball a little bit. Uh, but, I mean, he put up 25 and 12 a game as a senior. And uh, they, I was interested to see who another piece would be to put with Nana and LaRon and Michael Finke, I think that that addresses that. that that's a good ad. Uh, Kyle Vanalis is probably one nobody really knows who that is. I, I hadn't heard of his name. Uh, played Plays on the same professional team as Michael Finke. Played in the VTB United All-Star game with Malcolm Hill and put up 22. And uh, he's an attacking, aggressive, uh, quick first-step guard who can, who can shoot. Uh, and then also Matt Mooney is, is probably the most recognizable of the three. Uh, just two years ago, was playing in the national title game with Texas Tech. Uh, he's from the state of Illinois and uh, put up 22 or 25 against Michigan State in the Final Four. So, uh, rounding out that roster, I think they've done a nice job. Ray not on there. That's a big loss. I think Brandon would have addressed that. Uh, Felice. Corey Bradford's going to play. I'm just <laughs> I'm interested to see what they got. Yeah, they need that alpha. And, and you know me, I think Ray's one of the – you watched him in high school and so did I, but uh, I just thought he was one of the more underrated recruits at the time as Bruce Weber found out. And uh, even though 
even though Gross took him over Karis LeVert, it's okay because Ravante was really, really good. One of the more underrated Illini here recently. But, yeah, it would be nice to get a little bit of a basketball hoops fix. And you're seeing pretty good crew here because, you know, like Brandon normally wouldn't be available to do something like this because he'd probably have some pro contract somewhere. Yeah, that's a good point. And, okay, one of has got to make a run at, at Ohio State. I, I was never a big Aaron Kraft fan, so I don't know if I can – can, can watch that and, and, and see that again. Of course, McCamey on that squad. I think Jared Solinger, they, they've got some dudes, man. They, Dad Mata made sure that they had some guys. And uh, that's going to be fun leading up into the NBA at the end of the month, uh, in, in July at least. So, yeah, get some hoops back. It, it won't be the same doing the Peach Jam 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. grind and, and all of that. But, uh, yeah, on ITVT, thanks for uh, providing something because – St. Louis Cardinals, Chicago White Sox, they're not they're not doing it right now. All in. All in on it. Get something out of this. Derek Piper breaking down class of 2021 and a little bit of TBT as well. Derek, thanks, bub. That's what I'm here for. Enjoy it. Thanks, man. Did we scratch that itch for you? That, that basketball recruiting itch you all got about the class of 2021? It's a heck of a breakdown right there about what they could accomplish, their top targets, and they seem to be sitting in a pretty good spot for a lot of those targets. Let's just say Illinois basketball recruiting, pretty fun right now. Of, of thinking of the possibilities, the floor seems high and the ceiling seems even higher, and that's a good thing for the Illinois basketball program. Thanks for tuning in to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Thanks to Derek Piper for hopping on and giving us all of his expertise. If you don't already, subscribe to our podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe, uh, give us a review, rate us. We appreciate when you do that. And if you don't already, you can subscribe to the site as well. As Derek talked about his mailbag, I have a trending meter up there for football. There's a new crystal ball pick uh, for football from one of our 24-7 sports experts. We have the latest on everything Illinois at Illini Inquirer. Sign up now your first month for just $1. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week back here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.